everybody. Welcome back to the Where You Can Take You podcast. I am Kayla Bowker and I am here with my co-host Aaron Oliphant and we are excited to bring to you today a St. George 70.3 recap uh, week kind of podcast. We both raced at St. George last weekend or I guess a couple days ago depending on when it is that you're listening to this and so yeah we just want to touch touch base on it and go over it and kind of share our thoughts and how the day went. Um, but before we do that, just thanks to everybody who messaged us with in regards to the audio. I apologize that the audio on the last podcast was so terrible. Not sure what happened. When I listened back to it, it was okay-ish. It was kind of one that we had challenges with to begin with, and I had to do a lot more editing to it, and apparently it didn't upload very well. So we have actually just removed that because there's no point in listening to a really horrible audio. And but thanks to everybody. And we continue to try our best here with with the audio on this. This is uh, tech technologically speaking. Uh, neither one of us are all that great <laughs> at it. <laughs> if we're being honest, yeah. I know I'm not. So I'm still learning on when it comes to the editing side of things. So we're, we're figuring it out here. Um, but it's we appreciate you guys' feedback and we appreciate you guys sticking with us each week. Um, tuning in every week, listening to us kind of chit chat about triathlon life, answer your questions, anything and all things in between. So yeah. And with that, um, you can send us questions to www.whereyourfeettakeyou.com slash podcast. And we appreciate your questions. It helps us to be able to get to the kind of content that you guys want to hear and gives us, you know, yeah, it gives us things to ramble on about. Um, so with that, we are going to ramble on today about St. George 70.3, and we're going to, we'll start with Erin. How was your day? Um, it was pretty good. Um, as most people know who have been listening to previous episodes of the podcast, I signed up for this race about two or three weeks ago, um, because I just, I wanted to race after Oceanside. I was happy with my performance at Oceanside but I wasn't necessarily happy with the way I executed it um, and knew I was capable of executing a lot better than I did. Um, And the idea of doing that excited me and I wanted to do it. So when I saw spots were open for St. George, I signed up, um, got there, check-in was good. I love St. George. I think it's quickly becoming one of my favorite places in the U.S. Same, Um, same. It's, so pretty um just there's red rock there's lava rock it's snow-capped mountains this time of year it was just gorgeous and i was super happy to be there um the night before the race i could not sleep which was a new thing for me and was not super enjoyable um i didn't feel nervous or anything the whole week leading up my sleep had been kind of weird um and I just couldn't fall asleep. And then I started to get into the, oh my God, I'm only going to get four hours of sleep. Oh my God, I'm only going to get three hours of sleep. It's the worst. Oh my God, I'm only going to get two hours of sleep. And then you start Um, worrying that you're going to like, yeah. And then you start worrying that you're going to miss, like, I always worry that I'm going to start to like fall, like really fall so deeply asleep that I'm going to sleep through my alarm clock, which never happens. Yeah. But then that's what I start to (laughs) worry about. Yeah, I was more worried. And like, I know that you're asleep the day before a race does not affect your actual race. So I wasn't worried about that. However, 
I was planning on driving back to Phoenix right after the race was over. Um, and I started to become worried. I was like, I cannot drive home after this race. Like I am not going no. to get enough sleep to drive home. So then I started worrying about getting a hotel room for the night and if there were hotel rooms available and all that. Um, but I got that figured out and finally got an hour and a half of sleep to look up <laughs> race morning. <laughs> um, got to the shuttle, got a parking spot really close to the shuttle, which nice. was nice. Um, that took away some stress. The shuttle ride was longer than I thought it was. Um, but I, I think it took at least our shuttle. It took 30 minutes from when we left to get That's there. about right. Um, it's about a 30 minute drive. It's always, it's always yeah. longer than you think it is to get all the way up to Sand Hollow. It's kind of far away. Yes. Which is fine. I still had plenty of time in the morning. Got to my bike. Wasn't didn't think that we were allowed to lay stuff out but then everybody else was doing it so i laid my shoes and stuff out um oh interesting my blue bag um just on my bike um then went to behind transition to start my warm-up um coffee finally hit had to go to the bathroom and the bathroom line took 22 minutes to get oh my goodness which was a lot of fun. That's um, not stressful at all. No, not at all. <laughs> so that was really cool. Um, luckily, I had given myself extra time because I had gone off my Oceanside timeline just because I had it on my phone and didn't feel like thinking through a new one. And Oceanside, the swim, I think, started 10 minutes before or something. I don't know. I had extra time, oh, perfect. so it was perfect. okay. Um Got my wetsuit on and lined up for the swim. Um, I always like to be one of the first ones in the water. Um, so I think I was like the second group of three to go off. Um, Perfect. Which is fun. And a good spot for you to but, be as a as one of the fastest swimmers. Yeah. Um, Otherwise, you're just swimming over nervous. people. Yeah. Always like a little nervous, I think. It's excitement nerves, but th there are some like other nerves. I don't know. But got in, felt okay on the swim, um, struggled with sighting on the way out, just couldn't make out the buoys with the sun shining in my eyes, and I kept yeah. getting confused. Um, the uh, PC or HC athletes were ahead. Um, mm -hmm. and I think two of them had like yellow kayaks and I spotted that as a buoy at one point and they were pretty oh, far off no. the side. That's a bummer. Um, yeah. And I think the two guys who were in front of me did too, because they were also way out there. Yeah. Um, but we swam back and I think it only ended up being like an extra 150 yards. I mean, which isn't great, but it's not, no, not going to add for you, not going to add too much extra time. No. Yeah. Um, did not feel good in the swim. My wetsuit for some reason this time around just felt like it was really restricting my shoulders and like I was fighting my wetsuit to get my shoulders out of the water. And by the time I got to like 1500 yards into the swim, I wanted to be out of the water so bad, which is not something I experience frequently on the swim. Um, but finally made it to the end um as I was coming out of the water 
they said there's your first age group female, Erin Oliphant from Tempe, Arizona. And that's always a great way to get the race started is when you hear your name and first next to it, um, which was exciting. Um, saw the photographer. I never get a good swim picture. So I tried to smile, still didn't turn out good, uh, but made my transition, uh, got my cleats on, was feeling pretty good, still didn't see any other girls behind me, so that was a good feeling as well. Um, I always struggle to clip into my bike at the dismount line, I get really, or the, the get the mount line um always like a little just shaky and anxious and ready to go and um but got on and started riding and felt pretty good um it was really nice this time around racing st george that i was out of the water with only a few other people because it meant i had the beginning of the bike course all to myself um which is nice because i don't have to worry about drafting and making the pass on people and stuff like that. Um, got passed probably around mile 10, which is fine. It's kind of expected. Obviously you don't want to be passed, but it is what it is. Um, just kept riding strong, felt pretty good throughout the bike. Um, I knew my power was pretty good and I was feeling pretty good for the power I was pushing. Um, got to Snow Canyon and I was ready to be done with Snow Canyon. I, <laughs> um, but I made a goal to like, I didn't want more than like five people to pass me on Snow Canyon. Um, That's a good goal. I'm not a good climber. Um, but that kept me like motivated. And I think only one or two girls and one or two guys passed me. So I made the climb went pretty well and got the descent down and came into T2 feeling pretty good. Um, I knew a lot of the goal for me for this race was just to execute the run better. That's where I really struggled at Oceanside. Um, so I started off pretty slow. It's a little hard to tell pace-wise how you're doing that first mile or two at St. George yeah. because it's just this like steady uphill climb. Um, but just tried to keep my breathing under control. Um, and it's definitely, so mindset wise for me on the running, it's hard. It's a lot of bargaining with myself to get through each mile, to be completely <laughs> honest. It's like, okay, just get to the next aid station and then we can walk for 10 seconds while we drink the Gatorade. Like you just got to get there. Yeah. Um, and I'll do that. And um, That's that not a bad way to do it get though. Through mile by mile. It takes, it makes yeah. it like. It's, it keeps it so that you're really, really present within kind of the space that you're in and taking it mile by mile. Yeah. That's not a bad way to do it. Yeah. Um, and then I think it did pretty well. And then finally around mile three, you start going downhill. Um, and I felt really good on the downhill section, that first loop. Um, really like felt like I got into my stride um, and was just happy and all of a sudden I was at mile six and I was like, hell yeah, I'm halfway. Halfway. Uh, <laughs> and then the pain started kicking in a little bit, but I still felt way better than I did at mile six at Oceanside. Um, and I looked at my watch and a big goal for me is I had never broken 150 in a half marathon. 
which I know isn't very fast for all you runners out there. But for me, that's been like a barrier that I've kind of been stuck at. I think I've run a 150 half marathon like three or four times now. Um, so to kind of get under that was... By a good amount. You ran a 147. Yeah. So, I did. and this is a very challenging course to run a 140, like to, so to break 150 on a challenging course is really saying something like, cause it's just, you know, that's, so you just basically had a, a PR on a challenging run course. And the main reason is, is because you executed appropriately for this run. So because yes. we deleted the previous episode, you guys probably didn't hear, but one of the things we talked about with Erin is her, she has a tendency to get really excited um, before at the beginning of a run uh, in, in a race. And a lot of that has to do kind of like a little bit with nerves. And, be, and so what she tends to do is she uses the, the, takes those nerves and is like, I need to run as fast and as hard as I can because I can't hold on to this. I'm not a good enough runner. Well, we really wanted her to flip that and kind of reframe that a little bit and focus on the idea as if I control and if I focus on controlling, progressing and executing, then I will have enough energy at the end of my run to negative split and or runs, you know, more controlled and more steady versus blowing up. So like at Oceanside, Aaron mm-hmm. went out in like seven thirties and she ended up running like nine somethings at the end. This run, yeah. She started in like the 830 to 8.45 range and she finished the run around 7.30s. That right there is why. Yeah. So instead of going out, blowing all of your glycogen, using all your glycogen stores, completely busting through every bit of fuel that you have in your system, you saved that, you allowed yourself to progress through it and you ran stronger at the end. And crushed it. Yeah. And I was still hurting a good bit. Um, like the last two or three miles, I was like, oh, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, luckily, I saw one of the pro triathletes from Arizona who was just there sharpening one of her friends. Um, she's like, awesome job, Aaron. Second or third place in your age group is four minutes behind. Um, and at that point, I think I had two and a half miles left. And for me, unfortunately, that gap is definitely a catch upable distance for someone behind me if they're a fast runner. Mm-hmm. Um, but that really helped me get through the last two and a half miles and know, like, you cannot let off the gas at all. Even though you're hurting, you have to keep going. Um, and luckily, she was there to tell me that because the girl behind me ended up being a very fast runner and ended up making almost all of those four minutes. I think I ended up crossing like 14 seconds or something before her um but overall yeah (laughs) overall really happy um with the day really happy with the way I executed it I think I was 22 minutes faster than last time I did this course um and I just I felt a lot better than I did at Oceanside and it's my first time being in the top 10 age group overall female field Um, when there were professionals at the race, which whenever there's professionals at the race, it tends to attract a better age group field too. Um, so to be in the top 10, I'm really happy about. Yeah. You had a lot, there was a lot of really good wins for you on this race. Um, 
better overall race in general, just straight up. I mean, you held some of your highest normalized power um, in in the bike course um, that you have in a long time. You had a much better executed run. You held strong on the run. And from that, you know, this little piece that you just, you know, told us, you were able to actually like even be competitive in the run. It meaning, and by that, I mean, like you fought for it. It's like, okay, there's somebody behind me. I got to hang in there versus like, if that had happened at Oceanside, you wouldn't have been able to even hang in there. It would have just been like, oh, well, I'm going to get beat just the way it is because I got nothing in me. Whereas this time, complete opposite. Um, And it kind of speaks to, you know, we've had a really good, you put in a really good kind of four or five weeks since Oceanside or however long it's been. I don't even know how long it's been. Um, Feels like it's been forever. Life is chaotic um, for me. Um, But, and I think, so that has been, you know, really, really good. You've made big changes. You made big changes during after Oceanside to kind of your fueling strategies in life. And so you're having more energy, which is helping to be able to hit the, the training. And so there's just a lot of things, I think, that are, you know, kind of going correctly, you know, for you in the race and um, allowed you to put down one of, one of your probably best executed 70.3s that you've had on a very challenging on a very challenging course. Yeah, I think it probably execution wise was my best. Um, and that's one thing that's hard about looking at times. I can't help but feel sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe I just got really lucky in my first year of triathlon and just had beginner's luck. And I'm not that actually good at this because I haven't really touched my half times. I mean, I think in August on like an off-branded Ironman, I was 452 and then I was 458 at my first half Ironman ever and I haven't in the last eight months haven't been that so it's like oh my god do I just suck but then you got to keep in mind it is a much harder course and Mm -hmm. the power is better my running speed's better the execution's better so I am getting better and I say that on this podcast because that's like the affirmation that I have to keep telling myself that it's that I am getting better yeah, so that there's a lot of growth. Just time to, yeah. No, and time and, and not really the comparing the races that you did better. previously, they don't really compute. Like they don't compare. Like Arizona seventy point three does not compare for, to St. George seventy point three. They're completely different races. Um, St. George is way more challenging, and so to put down the race that you did at here in St. George this past weekend shows way more growth as an athlete than, you know, going out there and doing what you did at 70.3 Arizona. And on top of that, I think your results speak for themselves, right? You are, you bumped up into a harder age group and you're still holding your own in the top five of your age group. And this time at a regional championship, so North American championship, you came in the top 10 overall. And there were some good women there. Um, so, you know, I think it's one of those where sometimes you got to look past, right? You got to look past the, oh, this is what's going on. Here's what I'm actually doing. Here's how I'm actually executing. And that's where you then yeah. can so see I'm the positives. Um, I think it was really good prep for Coeur d'Alene. Like, I'm really glad I did it because I think 
there's definitely challenging aspects of that fight course and I think I actually was able to work on my shifting skills a lot and like getting out of the saddle or staying in arrow skills um, because I think that's something I'm still learning and working on a lot and I think the St. George course was a really good opportunity to work on those things. It is because it's a very yeah it's a very dynamic course there's a lot of up and then down it's rolly and then it's and then all of a sudden it's really flat and then you got all this and climb and then you got to do big descent um so while it's not necessarily technical from a lots of turn standpoints it's technical from a dynamic standpoint um which is why i personally love this course because it's a lot of fun the bike's a lot of fun um and yeah, even it's though it's so pretty it's so, it's so pretty. I just remember at one point, I and this is obviously me, I, I kind of got outside of like being present in the race, but I looked over and I was like, oh, look at the mountains. <laughs> what I probably should have been focusing. Um, <laughs> no, I feel like it's good to do that though. It is. It like brings gratitude to your race and appreciation for what you're doing. Yeah. Like, I and think Sand Hollow so cool, is so beautiful. my bike has taken me. Heck Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's where Where Your Feet Take You came from, right? It's the idea of, like, that our feet take yeah. us to some amazing places, and you can insert bike or run or swim or whatever you want in there, and the cool places that it can take you. Um, I mean, that's, that's, that's exactly where Where Your Feet Take You, the name of the brand came from. So, um, yeah, St. George is one of my favorite places. I... I would like to get down there in the next month or so and do some training for a week or so. Um, be good. It's just a great place to train too. Cause great riding, good swimming, great running, any and all of the above. So, so many um, bike paths to bike safely. Yeah. And just again, like great, great climbing. So you can really kind of get some good power in your legs. Cause really like the secret to building power, and I, you and I kind of talked about this a little bit, like wanting to be able to increase your um, ability to hold more power um, and, and, and through that speed. And the secret to that really is like high tension work. And the best way to do high tension work is ride hills. Um, the more hills you can ride, really the stronger that you're going to get overall. Um, and it's a great place to do that. So we'll see. Maybe we can get down there for a week here. Depends on yeah. if I can yeah, get away for a week. Yeah, we figure that out. Yeah. yeah. Um, awesome. Well, what was your absolute, what was your favorite part of the race? Ooh. Um, huh. I enjoyed... I think I liked, I love the fast descents. Um, oh, they get like, fast. How fast did you spun touch? out, essentially. I didn't touch remember? as fast as I would have liked. I think I only got to 45. Oh, wow, that's fast. I touched 41. That was that, that was pretty fast for me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can get screaming down that. It's kind of fun. And, yeah. And I think we had probably some wind at our back a little bit. Too, yeah, I don't remember spinning out on those before, but um, I think the wind stuff, it just happened, which is kind of nice. It was a nice little break. Yeah. That's right the one thing about this race is like you get to the top of Snow Canyon and then it's like, okay, I got six miles pretty much and I just have to go downhill, like gravity take me. 
So if you can get through Snow Canyon, you have an easy route into town. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so I liked that. And then I think just the views have to be part of my favorite. It's just, it's all so pretty. Um, mm -hmm. It's so pretty. That's like how I would describe this yeah. course. I know. And the crowd really come like St. George comes to life for this race. I don't know. Every time I come, I feel like they're really welcoming and I feel like there's just great crowd support. Great. The volunteers are amazing. Um, yeah. There's a ton of people out on the bike course, which is not usually the case in any other race I've done, but I felt especially like for the fact the that course. it's, yeah. And especially cause it's just a one loop course. Yeah. Usually one looped courses, the crowd support's not great, but this one, yeah, you're right. They really were kind of like all over the place, which yeah, I is awesome. I think I shouted at somebody like halfway through. Spectator was like, oh, you've got this. And there was a Culver's nearby. I think I shouted at him. I just want Culver's. Yeah. <laughs> Where my mind was at. Uh, but it's fun to interact with spectators sometimes. Yes, it is. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> oh, there you go. Awesome. Well, you had a great day. Um, I think it was a oh, great, yeah, springboarding into the last bit of time frame into Coeur d'Alene. And um, I think it was good for you too to have a good race there after last year's, you know, kind of mess. Um, yeah. And I do too. Just to like put that behind you and know that you can race strong on a course like this. Um, and yeah. with the hills, like, did it give you some confidence for Coeur d'Alene? Because one of the things that you have been concerned about are the hills with Coeur d'Alene, even though I don't think you're going to have an issue with them. But did it, did it give I, you a little bit of confidence with that? I think so. Um, I still think I still had the fastest bike in my age group. Um, Good. And... Um, I think like the 41st fastest female bike, but that includes the pros. So maybe like 15th fastest age group bike or mm -hmm. something, um, yep. which is not bad. I'll take no. it. I mean, I had the fastest swim and the fifth fastest, if you include the pro woman. Um, so as long as I keep the swim good and. If I have that bike, it sets my run up pretty good. And I do think I'm better at the Ironman distance run than I am the half Ironman distance run. Yeah, you're a little, you're more of a, you're probably a, better at the Ironman distance bike too. So. Yeah. Well, and especially for right now, you're very, very much a diesel engine at this moment. And that's also because of how we've been training you, right? Like you and I even kind of were briefly texting about it last night. Like I told you that there's, we're playing a very long game with you. We're looking five years in advance and you jumped into the long course triathlon at a young, at a quote unquote young age. And what, which meant that we can't, as well as being somebody who not only was new to the sport, but new to longer running, distance running, and had, has niggles and, and kind of injury prone. And so what we've been doing is just straight up focusing on building your body's resilience to long biking, long running, etc. We haven't been doing 
while we throw in speed work in there to the extent for like we're and even more recently we're starting to, but it hasn't been the focus because your body hasn't been ready for it. So you're a lot more, but your ability to go long, that's what we've been working on is just kind of straight up creating a quote unquote base in your body to be able to handle these things. And speed will come honestly, probably in one to two, two more years. So if you can be patient with it, <laughs> that's where you're going to succeed is being patient with everything. So that's kind of what, you know, that's where you're going to have to be. Yep. It's a long game and this is a sport, it seems like, where people perform better when they're in their mid-30s. Um, yeah, and they do. At least at the distance. I like, I love, I love the Ironman distance. I really do. I love how it's so much more than just your athletic ability. Um, so just got to yeah. keep playing that long game and stick into the plan and not being too worried about it ever. Yep. Uh, with that being said, Kayla, how was your race? Oh man, my race. Uh, I, it was good. It, it was very, it was, it was, it was, it was a good day for me. Um, I, I didn't have the best lead up to, honestly, I haven't had the best lead up to any of these races that I've done this year. <laughs> I was thinking about it on my ride and like in February, I was sick, like all of February leading into Oceanside and, um, and then Oceanside was a little bit of a disaster, not necessarily bad, but just like the fact that I got so cold and I couldn't perform. And then I, um, Texas, uh, was just removed and that was just so much, I think there was just a lot of stress involved. And then this race, I got really sick after Texas. So like right after Texas, I was really sick. I didn't run more than 20 minutes the entire two weeks leading into, uh, this race. I did some swimming. I did one two hour bike ride. I just, I just hope all I did was hope like, okay, well you just did an Ironman. So you've got fitness. Hopefully it, it shows up. Yeah. Um, and I just was more focused on like, okay, you have to try to not be sick. Um, <clears throat> and that's kind of where it was. And, so I went into St. George really wanting to, and I think I, I talked about it a little bit on Instagram is like, find my swagger. Like that's what I'm calling it because, and I get this because for those of you that don't know, I have a one and a half year old or he'll be two in end of July and he has the most swagger I've ever seen <laughs> in anybody. Like we should all be like bear. He like walks around with this like strut and he like <laughs> he doesn't give any fucks to anything he just he's no. just <laughs> he is all about it and I was like I need to be like that I need that's what I need to be and 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 it got me thinking like going needing to go back to I mean one of my issues that I've been having most recently is kind of like previously, and I talked about this in the last podcast, but um, is my going into as an age grouper, I showed up at a, at a race and I was going to win it. No questions about it. I was going to win it. I, that's what I believed. 
with every ounce of my being, I was going to show up and I was going to win. And I haven't had that <laughs> um, lately. I, um, because racing as a professional is hard. These girls are fast and I'm not fast enough yet. And I know that, and that's okay. That's part of why I chose to do this and chose to jump from the age group to professional. Um, it's because I wanted the challenge. I wanted to grow. I wanted to improve. And I believe, I do believe very strongly that I can be in that top five to 10 range. Um, but I've had a couple bad races that just haven't gone my way. I haven't been very competitive and I've really kind of lost a lot of that belief. And so I kind of went into this race with that idea of all you have to do, Kayla, is believe. And you just have to find, find that swagger get out there, race hard and pretend, pretend that you're going to win it. Like, I don't know, just try to get back that, that space of it. And so that's what this race was about for me. Um, and, um, from a mindset standpoint, it, it did the trick. Um, I actually felt like for the first time in a quite a few races that I was, that I was competing that I was racing again. Um, it was a little disappointing to only come in 19th when I actually think I had a much better executed race than I did at Oceanside. And I came in 12th at Oceanside, 14th. I can't remember now. Um, 14th, I think 12th. I don't know. Um, and to come in, to come in 19th. And I actually thought I was doing much better than I was at, at one point. My, my family was at, um, they was, they had dr driven up, um, SR 18 and they were parked like on top of, I have a really cool video of it, but they were parked on top of the, the hill up there and they could watch everybody coming up, uh, snow Canyon from like way down, way up high. And then I saw them at about mile, you know, 48, right after you kind of get off of that. And they shouted at me that I was in 23rd and I was like, What? I'm 23rd. I'm having a good day. How oh, I'm 23rd. I thought I was in like 14th. Um, so that was a little bit demoralizing, honestly. Um, and I felt that a little bit on the run for the first little bit and was able to then pull it together and ran my way into 19th. Um, and definitely just much I, better when day. I saw you on the run. When I saw you on the run especially the first time through, you looked way better and way in a much better headspace than yes. when I saw you at Oceanside. Way the, better like, headspace. You looked focused. You looked like you were still racing, um, which was good to see. Yep. I felt more like me, a lot more like me. I was having fun. I was racing. I was pushing it. Like I literally felt like I could have run forever um, at what I was doing, um, which was awesome. But also overall, like talking from that standpoint, the race went very well. Um, swim. Um, well, the day kind of started out a little bit chaotic. Um, and this is a big piece that I have to remind myself of is that my life is very crazy. Um, and while there are other pro women out there that have kids, I am one of the few that has two very young children. And I'm also one of the few that always travels with them which is probably something I need to change. Um, but it's hard because I love traveling with them and I love them being there. Um, and seeing them on the course, like literally makes me, makes my day. And 
so morning of like got up at four, did my thing, and we wanted to leave the house at like five twenty and both kids weren't having it. We, they weren't they were gonna stay with grandma and papa at the at the Airbnb, but they wanted to come with. And it was meltdown city. Baylor was screaming, Mama, mama, mama just crying, crying, crying so hard. And Skylar was running around and it wanted to come. And so literally at 525, I said, that's enough. I can't do this. I can't leave Baylor like this. I physically can't do it. My heart won't let me do it. And this is not going to work. So I threw clothes on him. We threw everybody into the car and we all drove out. (laughs) So that was how my morning started. Um, but a little chaos all worked out just fine. And it ended up being awesome because the kids were there and they had VIP passes because um, the pros got some VIP passes. And so they were right at the swim Aww. start and it was so awesome. Like I was able to like give them hugs and kisses while I was waiting on the ramp um, for the pro women to go off. Um, so that was really, really awesome. That's awesome. And another reason why I have a hard time like not traveling with them to these races, because I want it to be a family thing. Um, and, but at the same time, like the night before the race, I was up for over an hour because the boys were crying and I woke up three or four times and just, you know, it's one of those things where if I want to race the best of my ability, I might have to let pieces of that go for some races, not all races, just some. Um, swim started out great. I got a really good jump off the line for me, which is awesome. And I got a really cool picture that came with that jump. Yes. I need to, I want that picture. I don't know how to get it, but I want it. Um, cause I look like I know what I'm doing. (laughs) (laughs) You do. That's a badass picture. It is. If anyone doesn't know what we're talking about, Iron Man posted a picture of Kayla at the swim start getting that jump off the line on their Instagram and it's such a good picture. Yeah. I look fierce. I look strong. I look like I'm a professional triathlete. Like it looks awesome. Um so I want that. I want to print it and I want to put it in my office like so I can see it. Um so I got a really good jump off the line. I had a really good thousand yards <laughs> or meters or however you want to look at it. Um probably spent my fastest. I averaged one twenty fives. Um I think I did 705 and like 704, which that's a huge, huge PR for me in the thousand, like a old minute. Um, I've been working with front pack swim and they had some changes and it made a huge difference. And then I blew up and couldn't hold it. And, or I don't even know what happened, honestly, but the whole second half, I averaged 131s and got passed by like six girls which also greatly affected my race because then instead of coming out ahead and or with that pack, I came out behind that pack. And in professional racing, being with the pack makes a huge difference. Um, I also had some technical errors in T1 to the fact where I couldn't feel my feet. And so I couldn't get on my, couldn't get my, I got all messed up and like couldn't get my feet onto my pedal. Like I had my shoes clipped in and I couldn't get my feet onto my shoes and almost like front flipped off the bike. <laughs> Just very messy. 
very, very messy. So in that space, I had, I came out of the water like 15 seconds behind a group of like four women. And I had a much faster transition than they did. And so I actually got to the mount line before all of them. But then they all passed me because I couldn't get on my bike. <laughs> um, so <laughs> missed the pack. Um, ended up riding with Alicia Hill the entire time, who is a professional triathlete out of um, Salt Lake, which was really nice because that did help me kind of, again, feel most of these other races. I've basically been solo time trialing. Um, and that gets lonely and makes you feel like you're not really doing anything. Whereas when you're kind of riding with someone, it just was more dynamic and you had to focus more to stay out of the draft zone and, um, and just made it more fun. Um, so had a pretty good bike for the most part. It wasn't as fast as I would have liked, but, um, felt pretty strong. I had some of my higher highest normalized power, um, for, I think I had a normalized power of like 205 for like 30 minutes, which is pretty good for me lately. I, um, been having a hard time getting that power back up to where it was to pre-pregnancy, even though I'm almost two years postpartum. Um, when you have two kids back to back, it just takes a while. Um, snow Canyon went great. I actually passed like three women up snow Canyon. Um, so that was really good. Um, the one thing I noticed with the bike for me is I could tell that I hadn't been riding outside. Um, I just wasn't super confident on the descents, um, from just like a technical standpoint. And, um, then just kind of that feel when you just, I've been riding outside much, you can really tell. And really my whole mindset during the bike, again, I thought I was doing a lot better than I was. So, um, that was really helpful actually kept me really engaged, but my whole focus was do not let Alicia snap the rubber band. Like I wanted to stay in contact with her. Um, cause she's a pretty strong cyclist. Um, I knew she was, she's normally, uh, um, one of the really strong mid pack professionals. She's a really good runner, um, like all these things. And so I wanted to kind of stay within contact and be able to kind of play, um, you know, help. I tried to take a couple pulls for her, but she always beat me on the downhills. And so it kind of ended up being kind of funky. Um, came in down and to, T2 in about 23rd ish. Um, a little bit of a rough time in T2 because I don't know how it was for you, but it felt really rocky. Like, and running, I couldn't run over. I had, like, had to gingerly, like, gingerly, it just hurt my feet so bad. I keep my shoes on, so I don't know yeah. how to take my oh, shoes okay. off on the bike yet. So, yeah, I'm that actually probably. Thank God, because. I can't run with bare feet at all, especially if there's any texture. So I'm glad. Honestly, I do on that course. yeah. Honestly, I think it would have been faster for me to have my shoes left on, because I kind of had to walk because my I, my feet hurt. It had just warmed up. I didn't start feeling my feet until like mile 45, and then they so they were kind of they hurt, and I kind of gingerly <laughs> like. <laughs> pretty pathetic my transitions were very pathetic um got out on the run um had a little bit of a slow start for the first like little bit I was kind of in a oh you're in 23rd Kayla blah 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 like kind of not negative at all necessarily but just kind of ho-hum and just but so I just really tried to focus on just run your own race let your body get underneath you let your heart rate calm down and let's just see what happens. 
Um, I got to the top where you made that right hand turn to head, you know, towards the golf course and stuff. And um, I was like, okay, all right, I feel okay. Um, let's just kind of start like picking up the cadence. And I picked up the cadence, and then the golf course was actually really fun. And all I could think about was like, oh, I got to tell Skylar that I, I ran through, got to run through the <laughs> golf course. And he thought that was cool. And I told him. And so did that. And all of a sudden started feeling really good. And I just kind of let my legs start taking me and got into a groove of it and felt like I was really racing. And I just said, I have no idea where the rest of the women are, but I'm going to, we're going to run fast. We're going to run hard. We're going to see how fast we can run on this course. And, um, it was a lot of fun. I was just running and ran hard and strong and I didn't have any bathroom issues like I did in Texas and it felt good to actually be running. Um, and I was able to, yeah, run my way into 19th place. Um, so while I would have absolutely loved to have had a better, um, overall time and, uh, placing because I kind of thought I could do better than I did. I really am happy with the day. Um, I learned a lot from it. I'm excited to move into this big block of training that I'm about to do. I, I'm, I'm close. I think I'm close to being able to be in the top 10. I just need to do some work in a few places and spend a lot of time on the bike and yeah, see what the rest of the season can bring. Um, but yeah, really, I just, this is, was a fun race. It was a good race. Um, it was really nice just to be out there kind of actually feeling like I was racing for a change. Because the last couple of races have not felt that way. And so I think that was that was big for me. I, like I said, I, I was pretty disappointed for a little bit. But in a couple of things, like I had a friend remind me, she's like, Kayla, if you had been in the, you would have won the age group overall by eight minutes. Like eight minutes, you would have just been jogging in. And that was really kind of a big perspective for me because I was like, yeah, that's not what I want. Even though coming in 19th kind of sucks and being the kind of the back of the pack kind of sucks, it's also why I decided to do this, right? It's why I chose to jump up to the professional field because I, I wanted to have to try to get beat. I wanted to get beat. I wanted to push it. I wanted to be in that space. And I didn't want to just be winning all the time. Um, I want to, I want to win, <laughs> but it was time for a new change, a new challenge. And so that was just a really good perspective, a new way to look at it. And that really helped kind of change my perspective on it and moved me from a space of, oh, am I ever going to get there to, okay, you have some work to do. Let's get after it. So yeah, good day. Fun day. Um, I like, I, like you said, just, just fun race. So um, yeah, I was excited for the whole day in, in general. But yeah, that was my day. It was always fun seeing you out there. I love doing races with you. So. I know it's fun. It's enjoy. fun when you can see people. And there was a lot. you on that run course. The run course was fun. Yeah. And I think it's really fun, too, to race and be able to see, like, you know, you were there. Danae was there. 
um, there, Chelsea was there, you know, there's a bunch of Trace Penis girls and just people that, um, you know, I got cheers that along the way and, you know, that always is really motivating and kind of keeps, keeps you honest and keeps you in it too. Even when you're not maybe feeling like you want to, like you're doing as well as you think you are (laughs) and, or you're feeling like, at least for me, feeling a little bit bummed of how my first three races as a rookie professional kind of came to play. Like I have really high expectations for myself and I really do believe that I can do better than I I have been doing. Um, And so when I didn't execute due to a lot of myriad of reasons, um, and one of them being I'm just not fast enough yet, um, is that, but knowing that there's other people out there watching and supporting and cheering just keeps you motivated to keep doing it, keep going. Definitely. So. Yeah. I'm excited. Excited for what's to come. Sweet. What was your favorite part about the race? Definitely the run, honestly. Um, though I also really love the bike and I just, because I, and that was a big thing for me too. It was like lo- realizing how much I love like dynamic bike courses. Um, but the run, I like this new run course where you use the golf course and you kind of like go up and then you meander through the golf course and you come back to town and you can come down and you come back through town. So the spectator atmosphere was a lot more friendly. Um, it was challenging, but also fast because of the downhills. And so I felt like you could really kind of let loose on it versus the other, uh, course, which is you've never done it, but it used to go, it went up Red Hills Parkway and it basically just went up, down, up, down, turn around, up, down, up, down. And I never really felt like I could, you could let loose on it. Um, so this, I just thought it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was nice to just feel a little bit more like myself running. Definitely not as fast as I would have liked, but I felt more like me. And that was, that was probably the best part. So, and then seeing my kids was also my favorite. They are the best little cheer squad in the whole world. They like stand there (laughs) and like, go mommy, go. And then little high fives out there. And, um, they were there on the bike. They were there on the run. I saw them like three times on the run. They were at the finish line. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's, it's why I do it. So, um, though I do probably need, like I said earlier, I do probably need to make some changes to how I go about some of these races, uh, in the moving forward in order to kind of do what I want to do. Um, but that's hard for me. I don't leave my kids very often. And so when I do leave them, I struggle. Um, But they do make it more challenging. They really do. Um, But that's okay. It's worth it. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I just, I feel like for you, just having them on the course is motivating enough where it's, you can kind of counteract some of the extra stress for lack of a better term that it brings to the race week. Oh, hundred percent. Cause like I said, I kind of started out the run kind of ho-hum and then I saw them and I gave Skylar a high five. And then all of a sudden I was like, okay, let's just start running. Like, 
I don't know if it was the high five or just seeing them just definitely kind of like lifts a little bit off my shoulders. And like, even at Texas, which was not a great race for me, um, seeing every time I'd see them, like it helped make the race better and it kind of kept me engaged with it. Um, so yeah, I think I, they do help. Um, and I love, tra- I love traveling with them and they have fun and they get to do fun things. And this one was nice because my parents came too. And my parents are the, the best help that in the whole world with the boys um, and couldn't do it without them sometimes. So it's, we're really, really grateful to have a good support system. Um, kind of take, it takes a village to do it. That's for sure. That's awesome. And do you know what your next race will be yet? Or are you still deciding? Uh, I'm targeting uh, Oregon 70.3 and Ironman Mount Tremblant. So, okay. um, yeah, I there. there's not a whole lot of races between now and kind of then that I can afford to go to that are not, you know, all over the, all over the world. Um, and I need, I really feel like I need some space to, to, to have like a good training block. Life has been so chaotic these last couple of months with getting sick and then training and racing and moving. And like I raced three times in six weeks. And in the middle of that, we moved from Washington state to Arizona state, which is very different than just moving in the same little town or whatever that you're in moving states in multiple states. is <laughs> very different. Um, and I just need some space to really kind of slow down, get the house organized, get caught up on training and coaching and work and, um, and then train. I need to spend some time on the bike. Cause my, that's where I lose all my time with in, in these races is even though my swim, yes, needs to be faster. Like I can gain what, okay, two, three minutes in the swim but if I'm still losing 10, 15, 20 minutes on the bike, even gaining two to three minutes on the swim isn't going to get me where I need to go. So we're going to spend some serious time on the bike these next eight weeks um, before 70.3. And then with an Ironman, not till end of August, it just gives me some space to train and try to get faster, stronger, raise my, you know, FTP a little bit, build or I don't even like to say raise my FTP because then people will probably be like, well, then I need to focus on my FTP. And that's not necessarily the case where I just really need to raise my ability to hold more power for longer. Um, so like be able to ride, like I talked about very briefly saying did normalized power of like two Oh five for like 20 to 30 minutes. I need to be able to have a normalized power of like two ten to two fifteen for the whole thing. Pretty much. Um, and then that's where for a 70.3 and then for an Ironman be kind of in that 200 to 210 range, um, to be able to do what I want to do. And that's where the gains are going to be made. So, um, yeah, we're gonna spend some time on the bike, which Arizona is a good place to do it. So it is, it's getting hot. It will probably require some early mornings, but yes, it will, but that's okay. I don't mind. I also don't mind the heat. So it's just, you survive it, you deal with it and you do what you can with it and all those pieces. (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's what we got going on next little bit. You have Coeur nice. coming up in, or what are we? Are we in the six-week out mark? Yeah. Yeah, we are. Six yeah. weeks. So, Aaron's got some work to do. Um, I do. But she's going to be ready. Be prepared for that yeah. to be a cold swim. <laughs> yeah, I might. I need to do some wetsuit looking, I think. Because if that swim had been 2.4 miles, I would have been very grumpy getting out of the water. Yeah, which then would have actually probably made it challenging to be an arrow because your shoulders are really fatigued already. And then you got to try to hold yourself into arrow. Um, and the Coeur d'Alene race, how it starts out is it starts out pretty fast because you do a pretty flat section and you want to be an arrow for that piece. And it isn't until you get to like mile 10 to 15 before you start climbing. Um, so yeah, it's... So I'll get that figured out. I like cold swims. I get hot swimming really easily. Like I was even getting hot at St. George and the water was 62. Um, so not, I like cold water. That does not turn me off at all. I just need to get the wetsuit thing figured out a little bit. Perfect. Yeah. Cause your swim most likely just with the type of weather that it's been in the Pacific Northwest, um, unless there's a huge heat wave in the next six weeks, which very well can happen, can happen. Um, you're looking at probably a 60 to 63 degree swim, be my guess. Um, it's very deep lake, so it takes a long time to warm up. Um, and the water comes straight out of the mountains, so it can be chilly. So if you are listening to this and you are going to be doing Coeur d'Alene, I would recommend doing some cold water prep. Um, whether that be jumping into a shower with cold water, um, or a cold pool or a cold lake, just doing some little bit of it, just kind of getting yourself prepped for it because the chances that the water will be chilly. Um, I've done the Coeur d'Alene race, not necessarily the full Ironman distance, but the full, the 70.3 distance every year that's been there. And I don't think the water has been above 63. So a bit shocking when you dive in you'll warm up though yep oh. yep i'm excited for it yeah and it's beautiful you want to talk about a beautiful area it's that's why I'm, i picked it <laughs> i'm kind of sad that it's not going to work for my life to do this year that was previously what i was going to target was Coeur d'Alene um after texas but just life has been so crazy and we don't have like as you well know we don't have standard you know, nanny slash daycare for Skylar or Baylor right now. And just with all the, my training's a little bit more inconsistent and um, it just didn't make sense. I didn't feel like I could be, I didn't think I could put in the build appropriate build that I needed to put in for Coeur d'Alene to be able to do that race to the, it's justice because it is challenging. So, but Montreal will be cool. That's always been a bucket list race for me. I know your mom did it. So that's where I decided I wanted to do an Ironman is watching her finish Mont Tremblant and just being like, this is so cool. And their finish lines pretty 
awesome too like they've got the stands that everybody's just filled in and watching and um that's when I was like I want to do an Ironman and that's why I went from doing an Olympic distance to an Ironman so fast is because that was always the goal is I wanted to do an Ironman (laughs) that's what got me into the sport so it's a pretty pretty area yeah, it's definitely, it's always been kind of a bucket list one for me just because I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard a bad thing about it. Um, and it is a little, it's challenging, it's dynamic, which I'm, I'm realizing that I like. Um, and, you know, like I said, just beautiful area, very ski town-esque. And I always kind of feel really at home in a ski town type place because that's kind of what I grew up with. And um, it is. But, like, I'm sad that they don't have uh, Whistler anymore. That was a yeah. beautiful race. Very challenging, but wow, was it so beautiful. Um, that was a cool one. I did. That was one of my favorites that I did. I would love for them to bring back Lake Tahoe. I know there was a lot of logistical nightmares with weather, but I would love to race in Lake Tahoe because that's kind of where I feel home. That would be very cool too. Yeah. Yeah. Then we just need more races in places like that. Though they usually tend to be very, yeah. like you said, the logistics of races like in places like that are a lot more challenging. Um, so I get it. But, you know. So. All right, everybody. Well, that's our St. George recap for you. Hopefully you guys enjoyed listening to us banter on about what has quickly become both of one of our favorite races. Um, I know I plan on being back next year. As long as there's a professional field, there usually is. Um, And yeah. So, all right. We're going to probably sign off here. And if you guys have any questions you want us to answer for next week, shoot it over to us at www.whereyoufeedtakeyou.com slash podcast. Or you can always send them to either Aaron or myself on Instagram. Um, though we would prefer them to be sent through the forum as it's easier for me to categorize them, look through them, make sure that we get them all organized. So hope everybody has a wonderful week. If you're racing this weekend, because I know there's Gulf Coast, if you're racing this weekend, have fun, enjoy, be fast, and we'll see you guys in about a week. Bye, everyone.